0: Fake Spike Podcast. Jets had given us lots of reasons to talk a lot, and uh, today's game was almost exactly what we expected for the most part, with a couple of small exceptions. Man, did you uh, watch the entire game? I
1: watched most of the game. There was some positives, and uh, I thought the only positive I was going to be able to talk about was the fact that uh, Le'Veon Bell did not score, but I actually took away some positives, especially from the first half, but whatever goodwill good grace positivity they built in the first half they took a shit on my head and wiped it all over my face in the second half because it was the same old jets
0: the second half was exactly what it was last week the jets looked like an nfl team in the first half not a good one but second half they came out and looked exactly like they've looked in the other six games this year so it was pretty much more the same we got exactly what we expected. The Jets were overmatched by a much better team, which despite the fact that Mahomes had an amazing game, did not look like it was fully hitting on all, on all cylinders, but they did just enough to put up 35 and could have been more, and the Jets just couldn't do anything.
1: And in the first half, the Jets, which were clearly uh, the underdog, deservedly so, they did what the underdog is supposed to do. They actually managed to sustain a couple of drives. They kept the Chiefs offense off, uh, off the field as much as they could. Every time the Chiefs offense got on the field, they got the job done. But speaking from a team that's clearly struggling, that's playing against one of the best, if not the best teams in the NFL, There were some positives to build on, at least in my eyes. But Robo, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I have to ask your opinion here. You just mentioned the, the key factor that I wanted to talk to you about. Very similar to last week, where the first half gives us some momentum, something to build on. I'm not talking about winning a game, but at least to take away something positive from the game as a whole. And then in the second half, after halftime the team looks like absolute dog shit tell me what else you can attribute it to because for me it's 100 on a coach the other team makes adjustments at halftime and says listen guys this is what's not working we're going to change it up this is what the jets are doing that's working for them let's try to take that away boom the adjustments uh, take shape and it shows in the jets locker room i feel like gaze is like guys we're only down by three scores. Keep on, doing can what you're doing we're still in the game, yeah. <laughs> Keep doing exactly what you're doing coach, but we're down by three scores. Exactly. We're still in this, guys. Stay the course. This is nothing but coaching to me. Coaching to me is very much about adjustments at halftime. I want to go a little bit, uh, I want to jump off today's game for a second and just uh, go down memory lane. Number one, as a Jets fan now, going 0-16 is looking like a real possibility. And I'm older now. I'm not a kid who's going to be absolutely devastated by it. But at the same time, I find myself kind of thinking, oh my God, like I don't want to live through an 0-16 season. When we lived through the two years of Rich co-tight, four wins in two years, including a 1-15 season, I thought I was not going to have to see that again in my lifetime. I could recover from 2-14, even 1-15. But 0-16, I just feel is going to break something inside me as a fan that just like, I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just whatever. Losing is losing. Tank all the way. And what kills me the most also to continue down memory lane when Bill Parcells took over and the year after we lost to the Broncos in the AFC championship game. The next year, we were the favorites. We had Vinny Testaverde. We were, it was kind of Super Bowl a bust year, pretty much the only time it was Super Bowl a bust for the Jets. Testaverdi snaps his Achilles in the first half of the first game. If my memory serves me right, the Jets started that season one and seven. They had every reason to quit to play for the high draft pick, whatever it may be. They either finished that season... Uh, winning seven of the last eight or six of the last eight. They definitely finished either seven and nine or eight and eight. And yeah, that Ray to Lucas. me, when I think about that, when I think about, yes, yes, Ray Lucas. And when I think about Bill Parcells, that's what a coach is. They were one and seven. They were in the dumps and he would not let the team quit. He wouldn't let them quit on themselves. Dude, I'm he sure as shit I'm did not quit right on the you. team. They were not playing for I'm a draft. You. Stop, right there. Stop, right. Like Stop right there. This
0: is like meatloaf. Stop right there. Bam, bam, bam. you are a schizophrenic because in one in one podcast you're going to talk to me about how you want them to go 0 and 16 so we can get trevor lawrence tear the whole thing down let's really do this and now you're telling me that they should be 0 and seven and really trying to win maybe we can well not maybe we can but you're you're lamenting the fact that there's no way we're going to win six of the last seven games and, and be seven and nine and, and show some fight you you got to pick a side here man you either are going to go all in and accept the fact that they are garbage dog shit right now or you're going to freaking wish they can win some games man which is it come on i'm putting you on the Spot, which is it?
1: Absolutely. Let me make it very, very clear. I want Trevor Lawrence. I just said I don't want to go 0 16. I'll take 1 and 15. But what I was saying is it wasn't about the Jets winning games. What I and circumstances are different. I used it as a comparison of the coach where one coach would not let his team quit. You saw fight, you saw desire. And the coach we have now. There is none of that. There is no fight. There is no desire. That's why I'm not even asking for wins because wins are actually going to be a detriment. It's almost like these wins I'm going to count them as fluke wins when the other team didn't show up. So yes, to clarify your question, maybe I didn't express myself right. I'm all in for the Trevor Lawrence, but my God, I hope we get Trevor Lawrence with a one and fifteen or two and fourteen record because losing all sixteen is just. I understand it's possibly par for the course, but just mentally, oh.
0: Cares, man who cares if it's 0-15 or two and 0-16 and or 2-14 and 14? What, what do those two wins do if they still get the number one pick either way who cares which way the, the, the object here is to just kill the whole thing let them continue to dig Adam Gase's grave because that's what they're doing this guy is absolutely awful and nobody not even Chris Johnson can look at this and say that Adam Gase is a good coach anymore he, he has dug his grave and at this point it doesn't matter if they lose all 16 it really does not matter and Jacksonville's lurking with only one win and they don't have a they don't have have a lot of winnable games on their schedule so we gotta keep fighting the fight here and go just (laughs) just like rooting rooting for the future Vort. that's what we're doing we are rooting for the future we are no longer concerned about the present with with that said um, I did write down I did like make some notes and you just crossed one of them up for me one of my notes was exactly this verbatim once again a wonderful adjustment at halftime and the offense took off in the second half okay obviously sarcastic but I picked up on the same thing you did they made absolutely no adjustments at all and as a guy A who is is rooting for them to and i don't like you i don't care if they go one in 15 or 0 and 16 as long as they get the number one okay. pick. adam Gase is out of here and 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 the future is bright that's all i care about so if if one in 15 gets them there i'm good but as a guy who had a bet on the game against the, against the jets as a guy who who is just rooting for them to continue to slide down so that they really do stick with tearing it all down because they talked in the broadcast today about how the jets went six and two in the last half of the last season and and there was all kinds of hope coming into the season, and I'm like, no! No, 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 stop it. Don't talk like that, you know? So I don't want that to happen again. I don't want anybody, not one single person, not even Gase's children or his wife to have some excuse to say, hey, this team was headed in the right direction. Maybe we should retain him. Kill it. Go 0-16. Lose every game by 30 effing points for all I care. So I have to disagree with you completely on that. I don't care if it's 0-16. I will take it because everything I've gone through for 40 years has been character building and is going to make me that much happier when the Jets finally win it when I'm 92 in a wheelchair on an oxygen tank it's gonna be the fucking greatest game i ever saw no matter when it is
1: listen i can't argue with the logic to me i understand what i'm saying i get it it doesn't sound, it sounds like I'm wavering. I wanted to clarify, I'm not. When you put me on the spot, I'm 100% with you. I want the number one pick. I want the full commitment to losing this year. I don't want another run at the end of the season where they win three or four or four or five, whatever that may be. I guess thinking back to when we had a good coach, uh, Bill Parcells, just seeing that a team, even when they were losing, there was fight, there was desire, and I'm looking at them now. When I look at the box score after the game, when I look at our quarterback stats, I have to remind myself that we don't run the. Triple option.
0: Yep, I have to give you credit for that one. You you were right on that one. Hundred and thirty-three yards in a game where they were, were getting killed pretty much the entire time. That is Pathetic
1: To consistently be out of games, which pretty much tells you we're going to open up the offense and air it out in the second half. Even if we throw a couple of picks, take a couple of sacks, you at least expect Darnold to have stats. Even though they're artificially padded, you expect him to have stats. Consistently under 200 yards in the modern NFL, let's not forget the guy was brought in for his quality in developing young quarterbacks.
0: My friend. You and me texted a couple of times during the game and at one point you made a joke about how the Jets would do just enough to screw up my bet. And what did I say to you? I mean you can you can you, you can you can paraphrase if you want. You don't have to go look at the text. What was my message?
1: You were not worried one bit. You were not worried one bit that right. the Jets were gonna cover.
0: Nope. I was not the least bit worried because I knew the second half I told you that they had no three and outs in the first half, and they still were down twelve points and I think they won the time of possession battle in the first half and Still gave up 21 points and went down 12. Yeah, they didn't go three and out one time in the first half. So I knew there were three and outs coming. I was never worried. I think what's happening here is you are still morphing into what I have become. You know, and that's not to say it's better or worse. It's just what it is. I have become so jaded about the Jets that I I no longer have any this anger in the state that they're in. Now, if they were the same old Jets where they were giving you hope and pulling the rug out from under you, I would be screaming and yelling. Right now, This is I have accepted this. This is the third time they've been in this position in the last few years, and I have accepted it. I'm just hoping to get it right this time. If they don't, we're going to be talking about this again in two or three years, but I'm as excited as I possibly can be with my my heart behind a freaking titanium shield where I won't allow it to be hurt enough. Let's talk a little bit about how Frank Gore was the feature back again until the second half. I mean, what
1: Why? Why? I'm sitting here and the question is in the tip of my tongue. And I'm like, as soon as we start covering the game, the first thing I want to ask Rob, please justify why Frank Gore again got the bulk of the carries.
0: P. Ryan got some, it's got more carries in the second half. He he seemed to be more involved. He looked pretty decent to me. Um, You know, this kid Ty Johnson got a couple of carries, but why is Frank Gore starting getting a lot of the carries, getting a heavy workload at his age and position, not meaning running back position, but his position on this team as as the elder statesman on a team that is breaking it down and you know hopefully going young why is frank gore so involved in this offense
1: you clearly don't understand we have a genius coach who is an offensive guru and he sees something that you do not he sees a possibility that we can go eight or in the second half and possibly nab a wild card and frank gore is the reason okay i'm gonna shut the fuck up yeah, yeah, i, I mean, don't believe I that nonsense. Yeah, I mean,
0: we, uh, Frank. adam gaze has no ability to fit players into his system. He tries to force them into his system, but does not adjust on anything. It's almost, I mean, there are times I look at with the play that is called, and I'm like, okay, he must have had that play in mind, and is going to go with it no matter what the circumstances are. There is no situational awareness to the play calling with this team. Now, you know, supposedly Loganes has, I don't even know how to, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, you know, the, the offensive coordinator. Uh, apparently, he's calling the plays, and, and the team looks pretty good for a little while, but either he is not, or is he is not allowed to make adjustments either. Basically, we have slightly more creative play calling and they still don't have any idea of how to make an adjustment and attack the weaknesses of the other team.
1: To me, while well, we have a million reasons to keep shitting on gays, number one that's so obvious, that's so blatant is Frank Gore. What justification do you have to keep featuring him as your number one back outside of being stubborn, outside of being set in your ways and almost saying to the outside world, fuck you. I know what everybody's saying. But he's the guy for me, and I'm going to keep running him until he until I run him into the ground. He's 38 years old, and he's going to be my workhorse. When everybody on the planet knows that this is, there's no better time, you can imagine, to give young guys reps. But uh, I keep shitting on Gaze every podcast to switch it up a little bit. Tell me something positive that you took away from the Jets. A player, the team, anything. Something positive that kind of gave you a little bit of light through this dark
0: season. Well, I mean, they did look pretty good in the first half. It seems like the first, second half adjustments are the problem. The first half, their game plan seemed to be to keep the ball out of the Chiefs' hands because they did a pretty good job. I mean, the Chiefs still put up 21, but the Jets held the ball a lot, and there were a couple of drives where, you know, like, like the Jets actually held it, got some first downs, ran some clock. The problem is they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. So, you know, I'm hopeful that that Mims, who looked pretty good, made a nice circus catch for a first down.
1: That's my positive of the day.
0: I'm not ready to give up on P. Ryan either. I mean, I, I don't think he'll ever be a feature back, but there's no reason... At least from what I've seen, that he can't be part of a a backfield by committee if we don't have a stud running back. I mean, he he seems pretty decent. They just don't block for him. They don't give him the ball enough.
1: That's the big thing to me. I believe a running back needs reps. When you get seven or eight carries in a game, whether you're a featured back or not, it's hard to get on rhythm and it's hard to get for us as fans to get a read on what he really is. Maybe this is the guy that needs 18 to 20 carries to kind of get on rhythm, get going a little bit. Again, I'm stuck to saying I don't know what we have in him because seven carries in the game just doesn't cover it for me doesn't, give me. doesn't give me enough of a sample size to form an honest opinion. But if I have to take a positive away, number one, the kicker. Uh, yes, as laughable as it is, the kicker came through, made a couple of long kicks. And Mims, the fact that he was involved, there was a couple of plays for him, made a catch. So maybe that's something to build on slowly, but surely.
0: Well, I'm going to get back to shitting on gaze. There's two points I wanted to make. One, uh, just kind of like some Gase trivia. Uh, he now has more 20-point losses as a Jets coach than he does wins. What can you possibly say about a guy who's been here a year and a half and has seven wins, which is not a lot of wins, obviously, but has more, 20 not just losses, but more 20-point losses than he has wins?
1: If you want proof that the team is not competing, what proof do you need beyond Losing by 20 points or more.
0: Here's my other takeaway, okay? This is obviously Geish-related too. I mean, unless you want to blame it on the offensive coordinator, I don't. There are two plays that completely define what the Jets are, versus what the Chiefs are and what the Jets will never be. The Jets were third and twelve at one point in the first half and threw a little wide receiver screen behind the line of scrimmage on third and twelve, which you know went nowhere. I don't remember how many yards they got. It wasn't nearly enough and they may not have made it back to the line of scrimmage, but I didn't even pay attention because I knew at that point that they just basically decided to give up and not try. So it was seven three and you know you need touchdowns to beat this team. You know that punting is not going to help. You need to be aggressive. The only way you can possibly beat this team is to play a perfect game and play aggressive flip that around the chiefs already up seven three knowing that there's no way they can lose to this disgusting team in green fakes a punt and you know, gets the first down, and on the very next play, goes touchdown. for the jugular. They basically, not just a touchdown, but they basically put the Jets on the ground, stepped on their throat, and said, you ain't getting up. He threw a bomb to Tyreek Hill for a 40-yard touchdown, 37, whatever it was, the very first play. you know, If that was the Jets, they would they would have been too excited that they got the first down. They would have ran the ball right mm-hmm. into the line for a loss of two. These guys get back. He launches a freaking bomb. Perfect throw. Tyreek Hill, touchdown. Basically ran into the stands with no one anywhere near him. And that is your difference between those two teams. Forget the talent level. It is all in the attitude and how you attack the game. It's disgusting to me how that attitude, the Jets play calling attitude is.
1: There was another play that made me think of you. I didn't text you during the game, but it was literally the same thing you've been harping on uh, for as long as the Jets have been a losing team. uh, And especially for the couple of years that Gase has been the head coach. It was either third and six or third and eight. And I'll say, let's say for the sake of the argument, it was third and six. They complete a four-yard pass and the guy gets tackled as soon as he catches the ball. As soon as the Jets player gets tackled, the announcer goes, can somebody please explain to me why on third and six, the guy makes a cut after four yards. You have to know where the line of scrimmage is and you have to get there. And that goes back to coaching to me. Yes, blame the player as well, but that's coaching no situational awareness no game awareness maybe we're just piling on i really don't give a shit anymore he deserves
0: to be piled on no you're not piling on at all this is the truth this is the truth it's not piling there's no such thing as piling on when it's this bad and this obvious no such thing man pile on all you want
1: nobody knows where the goddamn marker is nobody knows that it's like they forgot the freaking idea of the game is to get first downs and touchdowns
0: that's gase's biggest thing is he doesn't value the first down at all the um the analogy i always make is that the first down is a chick he met in a bar last week, took her home, banged yeah. her, and now she keeps calling him wanting to see him again, and he's avoiding her at all costs. That's how he treats first downs. Certainly not the first one, but the one I remember the most was it's got to be – well, they were playing the Arizona Cardinals, this much I remember, and it was Rob Moore. It was, it was Boomer's size, and so it had to be the mid-90s. This was prior – This is it might have been – no, it couldn't have been the game they won against the Cardinals in the one fifteen season. So it had to be uh, maybe it wasn't boom or whatever, whatever. Okay, let me let me let me just get to the point. Okay, so the Jets are, are playing the Cardinals and it's fourth and one or fourth and two or fourth and one and a half, whatever it is, and they threw a quick slant to Rob Moore for one yard not even and it, we're not talking like 10 yards where you might have just mis misjudged that it, and gone nine and a half he threw the ball a half half yard short and of course he got tackled immediately on fourth down and the jets didn't get the first down and it, it completely personified the jets and the fact that that they never throw the ball past the marker when they need a first down this carries on to this day with adam Gates, who is more allergic to first downs than even any other coach the Jets have ever had which is saying a lot because they never valued the first thing. I mean this
1: guy's never gonna get a job in the NFL again I don't he will somebody will take him on but uh certainly <laughs> no, not no, as no, head, right right either. he's he's completely that's it he killed any chance of ever being a head coach in the NFL
0: absolutely and I have one more Adam Gase point that may seem nitpicky but if you really think about it it's not nitpicky at all okay so two minutes left in the game the Chiefs For whatever reason, I wonder why the Chiefs went for it on fourth and 10 and didn't even try to get the first down. So they basically told the Jets, listen, we're done with the game, and the Jets obliged them, which I'm fine with. I am totally fine with either trying to get a touchdown or – or just killing the game. The Jets decided to kill the game, but they killed the game with three runs that weren't just like little runs directly into the line. They looked like the Jets were actually trying to <laughs> gain yards and, 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 right, for three plays, but then in between plays, they'd huddle and let the clock run down and then snap the ball with a second or two left on the play clock. What the fuck is the point of that? Can you explain to me why you either take a knee? Or you try and go for try and score a touchdown. Throw some passes. Take advantage of the prevent defense. Get some work in for these guys. Get a guy to catch a pass that you know maybe hadn't caught a pass. Try a play you hadn't thought. Something or just kneel down. Why risk getting someone hurt? with two minutes left in the game by running full running plays and and trying to run around the end and do all this stuff and and make it look like you're really trying to gain yards, but then huddle and wait until the the play clock's about to expire before snapping the ball again. I don't get it. If somebody would have got hurt, this would have been a much bigger thing. Like Thank God no one did, but what the fuck is wrong with this guy? You will never...
1: reason enough to get an answer because in order to at least get an idea of what he was thinking you have to force yourself to think like a moron
0: I'm enough do you have any final points because I have one little thing I want to do quick before we're done and then we'll go the game
1: spoke for itself I'm just the uh, the one thing I wanted to mention is get ready for a really fun week of being a jet fan because the next week we have a struggling Patriots team and the jet fans are already talking how this is the year even though we're struggling the pats are looking terrible and this is the week where we could turn it around watch the struggling Cam Newton is going to have a career game next week I'm not going to jump into it just yet but I'm going to brace myself for a fun week of analysis where the Jets fans are going to break it down for us the many ways the Jets can beat the Patriots next week
0: yeah, and the trade deadline's this week too, so it should be an interesting week. So, one point about the Patriots game before I uh, hit my two things that, that, that I wanted to do. Um, uh, the other uh, fans are still talking about how Belichick's going to throw the game next week, which is freaking ludicrous. I just, I don't What I a don't joke. Understand people what a the, joke. Conspiracy theories. I know. Come on. Can you imagine Bill Belichick letting the Jets win just to try and screw them when there's still seven games left in the All season? Right. Anyway, okay new segment I want to do is the moronic posts I see on Facebook. And before I talk about the first moronic post, there's only one moronic post. I'm going to start making lists, but uh, how bad is Chris Herndon, man? Oh my God. How bad is this freaking guy? He's either dropping passes or fumbling every single week.
1: His hands are truly made of stone. He's I I don't want, I don't want him. He cannot be part of the future of this team. He's let him, let him get it out of uh, just, that's it this year, get your reps. If somebody is dumb enough to sign you, go ahead, but I'm done with him. This is not the guy that needs to be on the roster
0: okay so here's the dumb facebook post of the day what i'm going to do is because you know we promote mostly on facebook and we have the facebook page and all of that stuff i'm going to start uh ending our shows with ridiculous facebook posts by people i love so, it. and the reason i brought herndon up yeah the, re- the reason i brought herndon up is because i there was a post that i was like are you kidding so someone's post was face it herndon is deliberately playing himself off this team he wants to play with tua in florida and he said Griffin wants off as well so i guess he's got something as a tight end so what this freaking idiot is saying is that herndon is deliberately playing poorly and costing himself money so that he can get so that he can go somewhere and and maybe get signed to a practice squad because uh, he doesn't want to be on the Jets, when all he really has to do is play well and complain, and they would trade him anyway. Can you imagine having the stupidity to think that he is purposely tanking so he can get he can be moved off the team?
1: It's one of the most moronic things I've heard because you said it perfectly. If you want to off the team, you want to put something on tape that's worth watching. That there is a desire by other franchises to bring you in, and then you just demand a trade, and you're you're done. It's just that simple. You demand the trade, you don't report, you're out of here. So this just it just shows you how. And you've you've been telling that to me for years. Jets fans are some of the dumbest, most blind fans you can come across. And this is just a perfect example. Just a perfect example of that.
0: All right. So final thing is um, the post-game interview had Adam Gase say that uh, he isn't coaching to get his face stomped in you know it's frustrating he doesn't want to get his face stomped. really this is this is our coach who is again saying hey we need to do things better and then it's like yeah man it's frustrating out there i don't want I, I don't coach to get my face stomped in this this is our coach this is his post-game statement is he doesn't want to get his face stomped in are you kidding me well he's, he's not doing a very good job of avoiding it but that that's that's what he's talking about he's he's not saying you know this is frustrating i want to get in there we're going to work harder and it's on me it's blah, blah. He's like i I don't coach to get my face.
1: Bingo. Not, I feel bad for the boys. We're going to turn it around for the fans. It's all about, I am not doing this to get my face stomped in. I'm embarrassed. I look bad in this. Nothing, no accountability that he's responsible for the mess and not putting the team first of, I feel bad for the guys. I feel bad for the fans. Absolutely right.
0: Well, That's Adam Gase for you. All right. So, uh, well, that should wrap this one up. Uh, you know, oh, 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 oh one last thing. Um. You won the Sam Donald over under contest on the on the yards. Um, I had predicted <laughs> over two hundred. You predicted under two hundred, and wow, were you right one thirty three? Uh, and um, we were both wrong on Le'Veon Bell. You expected a hundred total yards and two touchdowns from him. I expected about ninety and garbage time with a touchdown, but uh, he he didn't even come close. He's I mean. He's done. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything left in that guy's tank. If he couldn't, if he couldn't show something today, when everybody else was was making freaking hay out of it, I, I think he, he might have nothing left there. What are, what are your thoughts on him before we go?
1: I think you're absolutely right. Uh, after today's game, I have to admit the guy looks shot. Which m- once again. Makes me smile in annoyance that, the, of course, the Jets found the one running back who held out a year, who had nothing left in the tank, apparently, and they made him the highest paid running back in the NFL and basically blew the litter off the running back market. Um, uh, but that's the that's Jets for you. But uh, in a nutshell, I think you're right. Uh, the guy is done, and I don't think he has any life left in his legs. He's basically a complimentary back who can give you six, seven touches and nothing more than that.
0: All right, my friend, enjoy your week. I'm sure we'll uh, touch a couple of this week. And um, we have trade deadline, Patriots game. It's a Monday night. Whatever the case is, enjoy your night, enjoy your week, and uh, we'll catch you soon.
1: Talk to you. Pleasure as always. Bye.